This podcast is part two of a series of conversations that I'm having with Ryan Vincent in our adult ministries, Drew Moss in our college ministries, about the importance and the need for friends. So last time we spent some uh, of our conversation focusing on the theology of friendship, but now we're going to get down more to the specifics. What does it take to be a friend towards one another and to be the kind of friend that others want to spend time with? We hope this is an encouragement and a challenge to you. So we, we've been spending some time talking about friends and uh, the necessity of friends, the importance of friends, especially in complex times, difficult times, um, and not only to strengthen and encourage us, but what I want to spend a little bit of time in this part two is talking about how this friendship actually refines us in the process. So a lot of times when we think about friendship, we might just think about a cord of three strands is not easily broken. So we we gather together, and if there's three of us, then that's better than just one of us. Um, but we're, I'm, I'm really not talking about that per se, but talking about like um, what does it mean to be a friend, and how does this friendship make us truly more like Christ? So kind of maybe almost the sanctifying work of friendship. Um, so to kind of set it up, just somebody, Drew, why don't you real, just real quickly talk about, we're going to make reference to a, a, a conversation that someone shared with us. Why don't you just set that up so that we can then from there proceed? Sure. Uh, on our staff retreat uh, a few weeks ago, we actually went and uh, had the chance to go to Ozark and ask a few different professors to come share with us about some different ideas that we were thinking through a little bit. And, and so kind of friends and foes was kind of the theme a little bit. We asked uh, Michael DeFazio to share with us on friendship. And Michael kind of in, in the course of it, this wasn't his whole thing, but in the course of it, he kind of talked at one point about kind of these five different factors that he say play a key role in friendship. And so it's a little bit of what we'll be kind of hashing through here. Okay. So, so uh, the, the first two things that we want to talk about, and again, they're, it's, it's helpful for us to realize or to give at least maybe even credit because I'm very grateful for what Michael helped us think, but these things aren't unique to him. Sure. Um, the first two really have to do with, with truth and love or love and truth that in order for there to be like a genuine friendship, that there needs to be this combination of love, love and truth. Um, Ryan, talk a little bit about how either you've seen that play out or why you have to have both and you can't just have one without the other mm-hmm. um, and how they maybe even they in, inform one another. Yeah. I think one interesting way to think about that is to, to maybe start broader than friendship and, and whittle our way back toward it. Um, uh, a few years ago, I had the the true pleasure of having um, a series of interns kind of working um, alongside of me, and particularly in some pastoral um, preaching and teaching type situations, and then just some very gifted volunteers here at the church that would help me out um, on for Sunday school classes and other such things. And so I had an opportunity to sit down for probably the first time and maybe since I was in college to just be... Um, someone who is both listening to learn, but also in order to evaluate. Hmm. And so I would be providing feedback to um, these men and women. And one thing I felt myself I continually coming back to was, um, could you have taught that lesson in the exact same way if none of us were in the room? <laughs> and what I, what I wanted them to see is there is, a, there is an element to delivering truth that requires relationship. Huh. And I told them that uh, if if your classroom does not feel, especially when you teach something difficult and corrective, that you also love them as you're challenging mm-hmm. them, just don't be surprised if they're not interested in receiving the challenge. And so bring that back to friendship. 
if a friendship is only um, love and no challenge, then I, I might not feel like you really care about me enough to involve yourself in um, in like the nitty gritty of my life. And if it's only challenge and no love, am I just a project for you? Yeah. It, yeah. You know, is there, so there's this, this edge to a, a good friendship, but there's also like some, some softness to it. And I, you know, I've learned so much from even just sitting in staff meetings and, you know, I'm, I'm not one who is slow to form an opinion. And so I'll say something and, and it's, it can come across in rather black and white terms. And then somebody else will, will soften what I'm saying with love and it's like I needed to hear that so that I can deliver better but the person that we're maybe all might be talking about needs to hear both Mm. they need to hear the the cut but they need to also feel like this is a safe place to be cut you know what I mean yeah and so I think friendship functions a lot in the same way Uh, is this a safe place for me to or is this a place where I can trust the relationship I've told Rachel this before when she hears me and Jim on the phone in, in uh, what I call a, in a disagreement. We, we might call it spirited fellowship. Yes. Um, and she asks if it ever makes me nervous whenever we get sideways. And I say, no, cause like I, our, our, like I trust our relationship yep. can bear the weight of yep. Yep. disagreement and one of us needing to point out a difficult truth to the other one. Um, anything you want to add to that, Drew? The the truth love dynamic that exists in in friendships. I'll just add briefly. We you know we talk a lot of times about uh, holding, like not letting go of one to go to the other, or or are you more of a love person or more of a truth person? And I know exactly what we mean by that because we do all have yep. a tendency to lean into those things, um, and it's just always important to to even recognize that the Bible doesn't seem to describe them as conflicting <laughs> yeah, things. That's right. What I, I was glad you brought that up. You know, that it's not like a, we we really do need to be aware of, am I more of a love guy or a truth guy? Because as human beings, that's what we do is we, we, we tend to slide towards one or pit them against each other. But the Bible really does hold those two things. Like you don't have to sacrifice. Yes. You, I, it's not like I need to dial down my truth factor to be a little bit more loving, or I need to dial down my love factor to be a little bit more truthful. Those, those to be, if I am not being truthful with you, if I'm not being honest, then I'm, I'm actually not being loving. Yep. And if I am being, if I am being, uh, truthful in a way that doesn't have love in it if i am if i'm sacrificing on that like then i actually miss some of the truth Uh, like the the truth doesn't get the power that it could have in a person's life if there's not love tied behind that and so they both actually build each other and if if i let go of one then the other one loses you know what i mean yeah and i'll tell you the other thing that's good for us to realize is is that you know hearing the two of you talk about it sometimes i often only think about it in terms of like as me being the one being loving or me being the one being truthful instead of being how do i receive love and truth from others so it's not when we talk about friendship it's not just it's not just jim the one who is acting friendly or or, uh, in a friend way towards someone else, but is being a good friend by hearing love and and truth, right? Mm -hmm. By hearing both of them. So to to try to put myself not in the, um, uh, for for lack of a better description, like in the opposition or in in offense, Mm -hmm. but also in, I hate the word defense either, but giving and receiving is I guess what I'm trying to Mm -hmm. say. And so it's good to see both of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, in in light of that, are you a love guy or a truth guy? Uh, I think a love guy. Yeah, forget it. I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> I looked over at Ryan. Um, <laughs> truth guy, truth guy. But it, it, I think it depends on the person. Okay. I bet you I'm okay. I'm softest with my wife. Yep. And I probably 
can speak to her with as much candor as anybody. But I bet you I, I lean love if I have to pick, but I lean love with her. No, I do. You, do you, you lean, do you lean love like when you're with her? I might lean love when it's about her. Yeah, See, that's. I think that's kind of me too. I mean, I'm I'm far more of a truth than I am a love, and in in part because it it is it is you you guys know me well enough. It it takes everything in me to put up with something that I don't think is right or I don't think it's true. It is so, so, so hard for me. So anyway, that's kind of my, my big thing. But it's funny. It's, it's when, when, I, when I feel like somebody is being not understood, even though they're probably wrong, but you don't understand, Drew. Let me explain to you what Andrea meant by that or whatever. I get, I get very loving, so to, so to speak. I get yeah. very kind of defensive. Well, another thing that, that it really kind of fits into this whole characteristic piece, and Ryan, I'll come back to you on this, um, has to do with courage. So not only do we need to have these relationships where there is this love truth dynamic and I and I Drew thank you for reminding us that those aren't uh those aren't opposites right Jesus I love to think about Jesus as I am truth and, and God is love according to 1 John so John's gospel Jesus is the way the truth and the life and God is love so it's 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 combined together how does courage fit into this Ryan um so cuz sometimes when we talk about truth we're talking about just speaking truth but there really is a courage piece in terms of friendship. So, yeah, I think there, there is a courage piece to, um, to willingly take on all the responsibilities that are friendship. I think a rich friendship entails. Um, even I think of like courage in the sense that are you, are you willing to, um, to tend to this friendship in terms of the time it will demand? Mm -hmm in terms of the truth and the love that it will demand. Um, and then when those, when those things become complicated and you have to suddenly inconvenience yourself for the yeah. sake of a friend, are you courageous to, to make the, what I believe the, the right choice according to the obligations you've taken on? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times we'll think of courage in terms of the, uh, the, the willingness to have a hard conversation. And there's certainly an element to that, but I think that there's just a willingness to, um, to take on all the complexities that being friends with another human being entails. Yeah. And there's just a lot. So to think about, think about courage in terms of um, the ability to even leave yourself vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's when I, when I think about courage and I think about me being courageous, it's not even so much me being courageous and saying something to somebody else, but me being rather courageous in not being defensive yeah. in hearing it about yeah. myself. So, well, I even think that's a, you know, I referenced this in our last friendship one. I could not remember the book. It's Ed Welch, but it's, it's called caring for one another. Yes. Super short book. I mean, super short on, on community and, and that he, he, uses this phrase i'm pretty sure it's this is the phrase is to move toward and mm-hmm. and he talks about this idea that we are by nature we are self-protecting which means we it's it's easier to hold back yeah because if i extend myself in offers of friendship in yeah. those kinds of things towards jim and jim doesn't reciprocate or he reciprocates he joins it but then wounds me yeah. like I, I there's risk in in that but but he, he kind of goes back to this over and over again but this but holding back is not how god loved us in christ that god 
God moved towards us in Christ while we were still sinners and that this is the same way that we ought to operate. But that really does take a courage because every time I do, I set myself out to be hurt or I set myself out to be, uh, you know, uh, Drew's the one, Drew's clearly the one more interested in this relationship than Jim is because Jim (laughs) never calls back or Jim never, or, you know what I mean? And, and I feel kind of like an idiot and I feel kind of like a loser and those kinds of things. And that, that takes courage to, to initiate those things. And I think, I think even as adults, I see a lot of people miss out on friendships because they, because there's a self-protection that kind of feels like, I think everybody else is friends, but I'm not. And what's happening is everyone thinks that, everyone else has really good friends, but really they're all kind of just holding back and just kind of nervous. And I, I've heard a lot of adults talk like that, yeah. which sometimes sounds like middle school. And I have done that as well. No, I, assuming, I'm, I am nodding in approval with everything yes, that you're saying. Assuming that everyone else is close and friends yeah. and I'm not, and they must be getting together and hanging out and doing stuff. And it's just not me, but it's like, no, everyone's a little bit nervous and it's, it takes a little bit of courage to reach out and love people. And then honestly, it, it takes courage to like, to stay exposed, yeah. right? To stay vulnerable. Yes. Um, in those relationships, because uh, a lot of the times the reciprocation um, does not happen, or it does not happen in the timing in yeah. which we want it to happen. And so, to stay out there, to yeah. stay vulnerable, to stay exposed, is a very, very, very difficult thing to do. Definitely. Um, and I, I do like that, and I, and I like the fact that you've said that a lot of people miss out on a lot of relationships. I, I remember even coming to terms with the fact that I think I'm always going to be the one that's going to be more out there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and and I'm and I'm just decided I think that's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to be a lot, I'm not, I might not be the best friend with anybody, but I'm going to have a lot of good friends. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, it's, it literally is a commitment to courage. Um, and sometimes we don't, we don't think about it in those terms. Um, so another one, and I'll stick, stay with you, Drew, is this concept of humility. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we, when we talk about humility and friendship, obviously we can t- think about you know, putting the other one first or something along that line, but talk a little bit more about like what, it, what does it actually mean to have uh, a, a, a humility in your friendship in uh, f- from both what you, what you experience in yourself and then how, how humility can help foster a friendship. Yeah. I think, I think there's kind of two ways that I think about it. You know, one is even to go back to this. I think, Back again, I think people can con- contrast humility and courage like they're two different yeah, things yeah, yeah. and go, are you more of a courage guy and bold or are you more kind of like lack self-confidence and humble and that kind of stuff? <laughs> lack self-confidence. And that's humility. That's really, that's how we, I <laughs> no, think that's how is. we think it of is. it. Like to be humble is someone who doesn't yeah. think that they are whatever. Yeah. Yep. And, and really like, uh, a a real kind of courage that is able to place myself out there and be hurt, I think is rooted in a humility Mm. um, uh, and maybe vice versa. You know what I mean? Humility can come from a courage that goes, I don't, I don't have to be the point. I don't have to be the main, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be all about whether Drew's uh, ego is being built up and therefore I can put myself out there. And, and there is a, there is a, those, those, there's a courageous humility that is kind of confident and who I am in Christ, and therefore I don't have to try to always build myself up and make sure I'm feeling good, and therefore I can reach out. And, and it's also that that humility is the same 
that humility and courage is the same thing you were talking about earlier of like a, a willingness to be corrected, to be rebuked, to be those kinds of things. That's always just kind of, there's, that takes a certain level of courage and, and which takes a certain level of humility to be able to not, not get, uh, feel like my, my pride is punctured every time somebody pokes at, pokes at me because I'm not, I don't have this swollen ego. Uh, that's mm. that's that whenever you prod it it pops i have something that's that's not swollen up that's at a normal size so it just feels like a, a jab or a correction or a, you know yep. what i mean yep. more than yep. more than being poked you know what i mean well and i'll tell you that's the part where you can usually steve and i had a had a friend years ago and um whenever whenever we, we would demonstrate our love for her in particular and i guess maybe i would even more than steve would but we would tease there was just like this teasing that existed um and and there's always like a sense of uh of, of of almost like a humility when we can laugh at ourselves or we can do that that kind of thing right so the the jokes that we would say about one another um, or even the way that we even tease one another around here really has a sign or uh, a side of humility to it that we we don't we don't just laugh at but we we really I mean I always enjoy I, 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 hate, I hate the phrase like being the butt of the joke. But I don't mind being the one where where the laughing is kind of at me, yeah. In terms of some of that silliness, and that really does come with a, um, a, a, a hopefully a sense of humility where we don't take ourselves so seriously, and that just makes a very strong friendship. Yeah, but then not to go to go to go back to love. Like I think there's something about like, um, it's a weird deal where we can do that stuff, and but also being able to be aware when people can't. Like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. I, I can, I can tease somebody and they can be a little bit hurt and I can even say, Hey, no, that's, that's how, you know, I love you as <laughs> I'm teasing you and they're going, but they might be thinking, yeah, but that's not how I know yeah. yes. you love me yeah. you know what I mean? because that, that doesn't feel that way to me. And even the awareness and the ability to go, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe my sharpness there doesn't need to, doesn't need to go in every relationship and I don't need to blame them if that's yeah, their thing yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, to be yeah. aware and to adapt. You, <laughs> yeah. know you start mean? asking, Most, why do you want to like me? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, anything you want to add on the on the on the humility side of things? Uh, just one, and I and I don't even I think we may have covered it, but just to make it uh, perfectly clear um, or more clear, maybe um, I think humility is is not only the ability to withstand the jab, but to and to to not get, you know don't don't think so much of yourself that you can't hear something or to sure. take a wound, but. I think humility is even to go that next step and to ask, is there truth to that? Like, mm-hmm. even though they did not say it in a kind way or in a way that uh, made me feel cared for, yep. there might still be some truth to that. And I think a humble person is able to say, uh, I didn't like your delivery, but I've considered what you said. Sure. And I, I feel like I may have something that, that needs corrected in me. And so I think that can be just another layer of humility. And, and so what we've talked about so far, and we're going to kind of bring in one final piece before we wrap this up, but... Um, you know, one of the things that I, I've often wondered about is like how much this just happens intuitively. Yeah. Right. Because I don't know how much as I'm trying to develop relationships with the, you know, you three guys here that are in the studio right now. I don't know how much I'm going, okay, is this a love piece? Is this a courage piece? Is this a humility piece? So, and I think that's the part that's always hard is there are people that just struggle with relationships. Um, any advice you want to give? To, to them, I mean, is, it, is this something you either have or you don't have? Is this something that either you get or you don't get? Or do you think you can get better at this? I think 
that I would say you have to be able to get better at this. I don't know. I, I would say it's, it most certainly comes easier to for people. Some, for some. To certain people, it, it definitely comes easier. Um, but I think that uh, rich human friendships are part of God's design for living life in the community. And therefore, it's like if it takes more work for you, it's worth it. Hmm. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's just no way around that the things we've listed, that there are some people either by virtue of their personality or by virtue of the the training that they've received or the nurture that they've received yeah, yeah. that things like love come easier for some people mm-hmm. or or courage comes easier for sure, some people sure. and there's just no way around that and so there's no way around saying for some people relationships will be harder um and and so i, I really do think that some people are working at a slight disadvantage and some people comes much easier my you know i think of my brother lane who like Everyone always thought Lane was their best friend growing up. If you asked like any dude his okay, age, if you tell group, me he I wasn't his best friend. It's in I know. I'm sorry to tell you this. Oh, you are not Lane's best friend. Dang it! Actually, that's probably the thing. Is probably in a weird way everybody was right. <laughs> like everybody. Like, yeah, it's not that everybody was wrong. Yes, everybody yes, was right. Yes, Lane was just like everybody's best friend. Yeah. And and yep. so much of this stuff. He's and and as he's as he's grown and, and all these things to see the Holy spirit working those things. And it was even cooler, but so many of these things came natural to him that it was just easy for him to be really good friends with people. And some people just have that. But I also think what Ryan says is true. That's like, if we were designed to be in relationship and know others, then I, I think that, we can all grow in this and we all have an ability to, we're not stuck to just go, I'm just not good at this stuff. No, I mean, no, you can, you can grow up and you may never be as good as Lane is, but, yeah. but you can grow and still have good. I think I had some, some like advice that I would give to the lanes of the world, the, the, the stereotypical high emotional intelligence, people that can just win over a room immediately. And they, they, they live life like Facebook. They have all these friends and it happens rather immediately. Some advice that I would say to those people is you are really good at reading and, and kind of making friendships quickly. So try to be aware of those who aren't and make it easier on them. And maybe that's where, you know, a guy like Lane has a gift to make someone feel included who has a hard time doing it on their own. The, the, the other thing I would add is, is that um, to, to re- recognize that these are the principles. So if you find yourself struggling, if you find yourself lonely, if you find yourself maybe even in a relationship to wonder, like, what is missing that I can add to this specific relationship that would somehow help me and Drew be better friends? Mm. How do I act more loving or how do I act more humbly? How do I not take myself so seriously? How do I not act offended every time? How do I... Um, you know, just kind of walking yeah. through those. And I think if, if you do, if you slow it down a little bit, I mean, there are certain things when I don't know how to do them well, I just have to, it just takes me longer to do them. Yeah. And so, I mean, just when after, after, after our staff retreat, I remember thinking to myself, I really can strengthen a number of relationships by just, mm. and then I, I began to think about what it would look like in, in terms of those four. The last one is obviously it's, it's uh, on the, of the, of the five things. Those are four virtues uh, or, or character type qualities. And then, and then this last one is just time. So how does time fit into all of this drew in terms of just what's necessary for relationships? Yeah, this is where I think we, I, I think there are a lot of people who are loving, truthful, courageous, and humble who struggle to have good friendships because of time. Yeah. I think that that really is a big catch-all. And, you know, we tell our students, 
it can be a tough transition from college to adulthood for a number of different things. But one of the main things is community and how quickly community develops and forms when, when you're in college, as opposed to once you get out in the adult world and you're, and you're at a career and all this stuff. And one of the things we tell our students, I remember hearing somebody else in like young adult ministry say this. Um, and I just really thought it was really brilliant. Uh, when you were in college, you hung out with your friends. You hung out with people seven days a week. Yeah. And now those same friends, when you move to another church and you're trying to build relationships in those church, you will see them once or twice a week, mm-hmm. which means it, it makes sense that it would actually take you three and a half to seven times longer yeah. to build a friendship yeah, with sure. them because you're seeing them that much less. And we go, man, I've been here three months and I don't have the same kind of friendships I had in college in three months. Well, you, you saw those you almost people. Can't. Yeah, you yeah. can't do that. And it is really, I think time is this factor that a whole, a lot of us want to take out of everything. We yeah. want to, we yeah. want to go, how can I get like, how can I get in shape right away? Yep. Or how can I be biblically literate? I wish I knew the Bible more. Yep. And so many of these things are time questions that we go, that's just, there's not a, even in our world where we have really tried to make time, not a factor in things, two day shipping on Amazon <laughs> and, and instant access to streaming videos. I don't have to drive to Blockbuster now. Yeah, and yeah, everything, yeah. every we we have tried to make it a non-factor in so many ways there there's still a lot of things where you just time will never be a non-factor it's just going to and friendship is one of those things that just takes time and if we if we go man i i i you know, I've been in this church for a year and I just still don't feel like I have any deep relationships. I mean, that, that can be a bummer and that can be hard, but sometimes that's just, it's just going to take time. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to make the time, yes, then, that's then the other you don't thing. get, you don't get the that, return. And that is the other thing. That's yeah. why, because we live in a world, we live in a culture that does not have much, we don't allow much margin or space yeah. for friendships to just kind of develop on the edges. Like I got to go from thing to thing to thing to thing. And then I see you on Sunday morning in the lobby and wonder why I don't have, I mean, I, why am I not close to my, yeah. my church friends? Oh, you see him for 15 minutes walking into yeah. service. You know what yeah. I mean? That's it. Yeah. No. And it, 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 it explains. So one of the things I love about this is that it really does explain like why, why and what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Right, so if I'm feeling a disconnect, and it has to do with it has it has to do with time. We talk about this actually in staff. Um, uh, the the summers are such a crazy dynamic for us, and everybody's leaving. Um, and I remember the first time Paul's the first one who actually said it, but he was articulating how I was feeling, but just disconnected from everybody. Mm-hmm. COVID did this to us. Yeah, like all of a sudden, I, I think there was just I don't know if our I don't know if our intentionally our walls went up. It's not like I I looked at you guys any different, but just not being around you all the time and just yeah. having to look at you. On Zoom meetings, um, I just I felt different about you, yep. and I felt yep. different about me about you. That's why we do like we. And this is another Paul thing. Paul bangs this drum like the weekly staff lunch. Yeah, after yeah. staff meetings, we yeah. go to lunch yeah. because he just he'll he'll tell you that that time spent there not talking ministry stuff necessarily yeah. sometimes talking ministry stuff <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just yeah. just time spent together taking on really does affect our friendship and therefore affects our staff dynamic and yeah. the health of the church another Paul thing that's why he doesn't like by the way we're not talking about the Apostle Paul we're talking <laughs> about true. Saint, Saint true. Paul the Weiss Saint, Saint Paul the Weiss uh, <laughs> another thing that he he really harps on is he doesn't like retreats that are within easy driving distance of Stillwater <laughs> he wants you to be far enough away that you got to stay the night because yeah. He just says that time together, you know, after seven, you know, or on the morning, you yeah, know, morning drinking coffee, coffee on the, the back yeah, porch. Yeah. He's like, you just can't do that 
um, whenever everybody's driving home to go sleep in their own beds. And so what this is where, where Paul, and I think Morgan models this really well, is um, they, they look at their lives and they intentionally like make time. They, they inconvenience what they would otherwise like to get done for the sake of that fringe time with people. And that, that's why both of them are so gifted at making rich friendships. So this is my, uh, I didn't come prepared to say this, but I think this is my frustration with when we talk about margin is that I, I think intuitively I realize that that's going to hurt my friendships. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's what, I mean, probably you would, you would see this a lot more, Drew, when I was at the college, but I tried to have a house that was always open and accessible to mm-hmm. students. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted, I wanted to be interrupted, even though probably at times I didn't want to be interrupted. But it was always a sign of something for me. Like if um, when, when students would just stop by my house, it made me feel loved, right? Mm-hmm. Even though, so some people see it as an interruption. I saw it as a sign of affection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I don't, I guess I don't know why I saw that. Nobody, no one told me to see it that way, but I, I really saw it. There's a, there's that's, a, that's Randy Frazee's thing yes, on spontaneity. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, that's one of the things I want to say is um, there's a, there's a guy that wrote a book called the connecting church. And he basically said when developing community, there's three things that are necessary to develop a community. And I think it fits well with friendship. So on the issue of time, he says the three things that just demonstrate uh, strength and ways to grow strength is spontaneity, um, availability, and then frequency. Which is all those are time ideas. Mm-hmm. So the idea of spontaneously showing up. Um, I, I the other day, Drew, I was driving by and I saw your kids and mm-hmm. hey, do you guys want some candy? And they got in the car and I mean, we we don't. We had a long talk with him afterwards, <laughs> but you don't just do that every time somebody comes up and offers candy <laughs> in a large vehicle <laughs> with vehicle. dark windows. Yeah, we had to talk Get about that. Get in my that. car, kiddies. <laughs> but with Mr. Jim, we know him. I'll be you your friend. Like a moment from Chitty yeah, Chitty Bang Bang, that guy with the nets, Amy, the children. They catcher. like they jumped in and Amy was like, turned to me, and she's like. Should we be concerned with how quickly they just did that? <laughs> they just like they just jumped in there. Yeah. It's like he said candy, and they were in there that car before. So yeah, we had we had to talk. But yes, I, but the I gave them like, a bunch of candy. But yes. you said it wasn't just the candy. They thought the whole experience yes. was just kind of yes. fun. R- riding in the car, and they were recounting the stuff. They you thought Jim was stand up comedian and they were in the front seat. <laughs> they were just recounting the things he was saying, and that was so hilarious and so fun. Yep. But it's but truly the the joy of that is the spontaneity thing. Right, that's one of the things I really love. I mean, they you kid they kid us around about the the community that we all live in. It is the spontaneity. It's just seeing one another walking. It's the high and it's the hello. Um, and so, if you want to be a better friend, and you're not just trying to think about t- sometimes time just seems amazing. Literally, plan spontaneity, <laughs> intentional spontaneity, really can like spark mm-hmm. some 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 interest in 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 a relationship and then obviously the idea is about frequency and then to be available right mm-hmm. to live a life that is somewhat open and uh i i drew you're the first one who gave the illustration but that people in uh uh, what island did you live on for a while? Cyprus. Cyprus. But how they looked at like the um, the bothering of somebody and how they viewed. T- t- tell a little bit of that story because I think it has something to do with friendship. Well, there's. I'm trying to think of which what specific. Uh it was the it was the student that you would pick up and you you said one time like you'd have to drive no big out of your, deal I can you said you. oh it's, it's no big, big deal, deal to pick you up and that was hurtful to him like he wants it to be yes, a big deal yes actually. yes yes yeah that's so, what I'm talking about yeah these kind of or even like I think one of the things I was thinking about was the uh, this may have been Vietnam 
which I wasn't there, but so like the gift idea of like going oh, and yeah, looking yeah, for yeah. A, a gift and, and we try and downplay, we give yeah. a gift. Oh, thank you. Ah, it's no big deal. And in that culture, it's almost offensive. You're supposed to be like, yeah, that took me all day to find that <laughs> thing. And I spent a lot of money on that gift. But to them, it's like, no, this is how it is. Yeah. In yeah. Cyprus, I just remember like that was just, um, schedules were not high on their priority. And we don't, we, we show up, we can show up way late. And then before we actually get to business, we spend a long time talking. And for us Americans, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is we're never going to get to anything. The whole rest of my day is shot now because I had this and this and this planned afterwards. You didn't show up till 30 minutes after we were supposed to meet. And then you wanted to hang out and talk for an hour before we started. You don't have time for this. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mexico's a lot like that, too. Yeah, when we're down there. They- and, and and truly going back and saying, okay, so if you want to make a relationship develop, then you need to build a higher level of frequency. If you want to make a relationship develop, have opportunities where you just spontaneously do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and those things definitely definitely help. Um so as we as we as we as we conclude, um any advice for someone right now, Ryan, that is that is struggling with this? Man, it's easy for you to say. Yeah. Any, anything you would just say to that person, it's easy for you to say. Like, I'm I'm sitting here, and I, I get what you're saying, but it still seems like it's somehow either removed or detached from my experience. One, uh, don't just sit there and think that. Talk to someone about it. Any one of us would love to talk to you about that. Um, but in, in, the, in the meantime, you know, I, I make friends relatively easy. My wife is, it's not that she doesn't make friends easily. It's that she's, she's almost always been the person that she's, got all the friends she needs. She's very introverted in that sense. And so a couple of years ago, it might actually have been as a result of a message that you preached, Moss. I don't remember who said this, but I just said- yeah, as, I think it was Jim. Okay. We'll, we'll, give, <laughs> Jim? we'll give Jim, Jim. the credit. Um, and so, or I could just quote uh, Tim Keller. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Keller, Keller through Jim uh, in, in Moss's voice somehow <laughs> said something to the effect of, um, why are why are we so um, interested in fostering backyards as the place where we hang out? And not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but you always kind of isolating it's yourself. Randy Frazee, actually. Okay, yep. well, Randy Frazee through Tim Keller and Jim and Moss. Um, <laughs> so I just told Rachel, hey, I think we just need to like our kids are old enough that they they're not gonna just run in the street. I think we just need to kind of be in the front yard front more. Yard, yep. And we live in a neighborhood where that's a that's an easy thing to do because uh, we know all of our neighbors. They're all very friendly. There's kids that live on our street, um, but then just generally there's people that are just going to walk through. And so we kind of built in the potential for spontaneity and for, as a result of doing it often, frequency. And so that was just a little thing. I just, I mean, we just have lawn chairs in the front yard. Kids are playing wiffle ball or whatever. Leads to deeper friendships at some level. Yeah. In, in Randy Frazee's Making Room for Life, the two things that I, I came away with that were very, very practical was number one, have a round table. Mm. And and eat around this round table. Andrew and I literally went out and bought a round table, and we still have it. Um, and he called it convivium, where we would just sit and spend more time just seated around a table. Laughing. Um, and then the second thing was is that you don't build a fence and move into your backyard, but you move into your front yard. And I both of those things in his book, Making Room for Life, uh, were were very helpful for me. Drew, anything else you want to add for the person out there that's that's disconnected? Uh, I would just say, you know, briefly, uh, there. Are, 
you, most people who think they're struggling think that they are the only ones. I hit yes. on this. I just say, man, there are a whole lot who are. I always think of freshmen who show up the first few nights at our campus ministry, and they're so nervous to go because they see this big crowd of people when they show up, and they think all those people are there knowing each other, and I'm the one person coming in who's trying to break in. And what they don't know is half those people are brand new just like them and are just as hungry for someone. And so, like, just recognize it's not, you know— a, a lot of people are struggling with this and, and love like Jesus, which means you'll, you'll make the first move and you'll initiate and, and you'll move toward, even if it means you might be rejected. So I don't think I'm the only one that hears this from people, but I hear people say, yeah, I don't want to bother you, Jim. I know that there's 1200 people that are always bothering you. And I always say, that's actually, that's not true. I don't have 1200 people bothering me all the time. Um, I, I know our lives are busy. I just think they need to be interrupted. Mm-hmm. They just do. They need to be interrupted. And so I, this is a little bit of a dangerous thing, but I, 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 I just, I'm going to say that, you know, Andrew and I want to do a better job of being interruptible. Um, I'm, I'm sure you and Amy feel the same way and you and Rachel feel the same way. Like we, Steve, right? You and Patty, same one. So we got the, we got the approval from, uh, from the guy that's engineering the whole thing. But, and I, I think that's true for a lot of people mm-hmm. is that we want to live like that. And so it's going to mean us uh, being more, uh, and I mean in a good way, just uh, more uh, pushy, uh, to be more just uh, out there, to leave ourselves vulnerable to, hey, let's get together and let's do something and let's do something. I'm trying to do this somewhat spontaneously, but just walking around the halls, not having a lunch plan and then finding someone to go to lunch with. So... Whatever it can be, big or small, friends matter a ton, and especially in a day and an age where it's more and more and more complicated to, to do that. Let us, to the glory of God, to the benefit of others and for our greatest joy, um, be the kind of friend that would um, that would model Christ's love and Christ's availability. Uh, and, uh, man, I hope that you guys hopefully have learned how to become better friends and both experience it as something that you give and receive.